Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Brayden Harrington here with Davey Portman. No, do not adjust your sets, podcast your, apps. Yeah. Or maybe do. This is not a glitch. Yes, it's not like the Dark Order taking over, but this is up next takeover, essentially. Uh, we're the hosts of NXT show that we do, right? The up next show? Up next, yeah. Because we're your, next breed. we're your NXT friends. 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 But we work. With post wrestling, postwrestling.com, John Pollock and Wei Ting, the gods of podcasting, the kings, uh, they're on a plane as we speak to Japan for Wrestle Kingdom 14 in Tokyo. Not jealous at all, are you? Not jealous one bit at all. I did see John's seat. He's like 13 and a half hour flight, and I've got the middle seat. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that sucks. I did a 15 hour flight. Yeah. And I sat beside a baby. Oh. Yeah. At least you got room to, like, spread out there, but, like... Yeah, I had to put my headphones on, audio tech cans, sound Oh, it, it's like living with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds like a, a long flight, but mm. we wish them safe travels over to Japan because they're going to Wrestle Kingdom weekend. They've got a awesome. hell of a trip lined up. Yeah, they're seeing a bunch of wrestling. Uh, Wei has been there, I think, a few times. He's, yeah. So I'm more interested in hearing John's, like, thoughts on this because... Not only is it amazing to go over to, like, watch this wrestling event, which is going to be amazing, and John's been such a big fan for so long, so that's, that's like, one giant thing. John's been to a million WrestleManias, but this is the first time he's going to a Wrestle Kingdom. Seeing that kind of stuff is crazy. But going to Japan is a culture shock, and, like, that's always cool for first-time people. Like, if you, the first time you go, you're like, oh, shit, there's a whole, this is, like, a whole other planet. Yeah. It's something I really want to do. Yeah. I, I've, I've traveled, I've been to loads of places, a load of places in Europe and stuff where, where like, uh, English isn't the main language, yeah. but it's still commonly spoken and 
you've picked up from whether it be school or whatever, a bit of French, a bit of German, like you can, you can get by. And so, although it's different because it's a different language, mm-hmm. you, you still get by. But to go somewhere like Japan or, or China or somewhere where it's like, like English is not spoken greatly mm. and even the the like the alphabet is completely different, different. Uh, I think it would be a huge culture shock so it, yeah that, that would be super interesting for me so we're going next year yeah let's do it so we uh we're your AEW friends, friends. For, for the next uh, little while I think that t- this week and next week yeah uh, so we're we're jumping in. You can find us on this feed. Depending when you're listening to this, we're on our feed up next on wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we also have our own Patreon, patreon.com slash up next, where we put up all sorts of crazy shows there. Uh, maybe we'll chat about that towards the end if you are interested in hearing about that. But uh, it's New Year's Day. Yes. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. New Year, new you. What's your New Year's resolutions? Or resolution. I am not going to do a resolution this year. Okay. Um, what I've decided to do is a checklist of things I want to get done like in the, 2020. Like Cody Rhodes like checklist. Like Cody, Cody Rhodes checklist. So it's not going to be things that I know I won't be able to keep up with. I would love to be going to the gym three or four times a week. Right. But there are weeks when I know it's not possible due to work and other commitments and stuff. Um, but I could do a... I want to do a checklist of like going back to improv classes and maybe acting in something this year, Um, seeing another wrestling show or whatever. I want to do that kind of thing. So by the end of 2020, I'm hopefully going to have ticked off as much as possible from that list. And if I don't, I'm a failure and I can hang my head in shame. That's a lot of pressure on yourself. But don't you think just resolutions are unrealistic, I feel, feel a lot of the time. And that's why you aim low. Whereas think do achievements things I want to achieve not not like it's not a bad a idea. diet that is going to like go out the window let's say we say as we're looking at our four pizzas that we ordered right usually Wednesday nights we're on the other show we watch NXT live and we do the show and we go on live on our YouTube as well and we've been doing NXT um, like recipes because we're roommates and we cook we decide Wednesday nights we cook stuff and make food so we've had uh, the Andrade versus Gargano and chili yeah. The uh, beef Busick, yeah. Um, the decode. Uh, <laughs> what was it? The Calso- Kyle O'Reilly Calsoy, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> we try and tie it in. Well, today was uh, more like up next takeout. Yes, not takeover. Takeout. Where it's New Year's Day. We were recovering from New Year's last night, so we decided let's just get some pizza uh, and get the door. It's Domino's. Yes. Uh, some just- a listener suggested it should be called. Uh, the Dinner Circle. For, for <laughs> oh, yeah, we AEW can't do AEW theme. theme. Um, a little bit of the pepperoni. Wow, yeah. Mm. Did you have any little bit of the bubbly last night? I didn't. I mean, you saw me. I oh, was, yeah. Um, we had Fireball at midnight. We had Fireball at midnight, yeah, yeah. because it's uh, it's not tracked at work, so I can give it away for free. <laughs> I don't think my boss is listening. Uh, if they oh. are, hi. Um, well, then we'll really need to get those Patreon numbers up to <laughs> sacrifice you being fired from your job. Yes, uh, they can't fire me. <laughs> um, yeah, you you poured some. So fireball. I was working at the bar last night. Um, I I bartend at a at a bar in downtown Toronto, and we're one of the bars that don't do cover. Uh, yes. We don't really have anything special planned apart from my banging playlist that right. I had going on. I I uh, dared you to slip in. Judas by Fozzie. I'd already put it in the playlist before you even mentioned it. Wow. And then like one point, it's like 1130 at night before the countdown. 
uh, I don't know, some fucking Kesha song or Miley song ends, and then all of a sudden I hear, ding, 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 I become, I become, and I just was like, whoa, whoa, and I'm the only one in the bar singing it. Um, and a few of my friends who didn't, uh, my friend who didn't know what, what it was, was like, what is this? Some sort of like wrestling song or something? And I'm like, actually, it is. It's the greatest song that needs to be at my local karaoke bar, ASAP. The best AEW theme song as voted best in our best of show. Wasn't it? Was uh, it? Spoilers. Is that, is that out? Oh, well, it's out on, uh, it's out on our Patreon. Yes. The early releases. That's right. The Patreons are getting the early releases of the best and worst shows just because uh, we recorded with John away. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah. But I've become a Judas. Yeah. Banger. Um, so yeah, I worked at the bar last night. You came along. It was it was so nice to have you there because I think I'd have killed myself otherwise because right. last night sucked. Um, New Year's is rookie night, amateur hour. It is, and especially it. overrated. Like from around eleven thirty to close, we just had so many idiots walk in. Uh, it can be it can be stressful. It was fine for most of the night, but yeah, those last couple of hours were were pretty shitty. Mm. Um, but it's done. We're in January now. Um, a whole new year a whole new um, year a lot more wrestling to watch oh and boy. talk about uh yeah what about you do you have any resolutions this year oh man i have no idea i don't want to say go to the gym but like i probably should I need to get on that bray fit um i don't know i don't have any my my goal we uh our patreon is like fluctuating around like 170 patrons mm. my goal new year's resolution 200 patrons that's what I want. Or 205, just to even it out. It's a good got, number, yeah. Since we got the cruiserweights over there in NXT land. Uh, 205. That, I don't know if that counts as a, as a to goal. To hit that at some point this year. All right. Well, That'll we said it here first. Mm. Uh, because I, I, I'm excited about wrestling again. Because I feel like, I say this every year, 2019 was the best year of wrestling. We had such crazy matches. Um, we did a best... We do a show on our Patreon, Best Match Ever, where we dissect literally what people call best matches ever. Kenta, Kobashi, Masawa. We've done Hell in the Cell ones. We've TLC ones. But we did a top ten of, like, best matches of 2019. And we got our patrons to vote in, and then we chose. And it was crazy, because wrestling was insane in this past year with, like, all the Osprey stuff, the New J- in New Japan, some of the NXT stuff, Cole and Gargano. So much shit that, like, went on. And watching it back, I'm like, man, I'm excited for wrestling 2020. It was a, a hell of a lot of work to put it all together, but it was good work because it, it like, energized me watching these fantastic matches. Yeah. Especially the ones from, like, early in the year that you forget about. Right. Wrestle Kingdom's an odd one because it's, um, it's like when a movie comes out in February, just after the Oscars, where you go, it's going to be forgotten about by next February. Like, mm. the buzz will have worn off. And I feel that with Wrestle Kingdom, it's one of the biggest nights of the year in wrestling, and you have some killer matches there. But by the time it's December and people are all making their end of year lists, you've kind of forgotten about that. You've had a whole G1 tournament, you've had WrestleManias, you've got all of that. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to look back throughout the year and, and decide uh, and kind of rank and rate and all that. Yeah. Um, I was really proud of that show. I do suggest uh, if. If Worth the five bucks us. alone. Yeah, I think so. Because there's a two-parter. We did part one and part two. So we counted down the ten and went into them and, and talked about them and discussed why they made the list and stuff. So that was one of, that's one of our best shows, I, I have to say. So go support us there. But um, like Wrestle Kingdom this year, we're going to do a show as well. Uh, but we're not going to be there live. But uh, I mean, a little bit of the bubbly is the is the big thing. But I want a little bit of the storm, the the strong zero 
but I don't think John Elway can I bring that I think I'm going to want a little bit of the coffee after that show. Yeah. Because, yeah, really. Uh, I think we're doing, we're going to be watching night one on delay. Yeah, we're and then stay pretty off much Twitter. right after watch night two live and then record. And then I got to go to work. Yeah. And then I think I open the next morning or nice. something. Nice. Yeah. Uh, next week's going to kind of suck, but good wrestling will make up for it. Yep, and John and Way are there, which is amazing. Um, but also, tomorrow, we're going to be recording our best and worst of NXT. So it's a best and worst just between me and you, David. Uh, we're going to do best and worst of NXT. Mm. So that's going to come out on Thursday. And we've week. had loads of people writing in on the forum for that. It's it's a, yeah, a lot of people have been giving in their picks. Um, so we'll tally all that up. And that will be on our free Up Next feed for you to listen tomorrow with uh, our review of the last two weeks of NXT. Now, we also have another review that we have to record this week and it's a big one because we have so much feedback on this i don't know how we're going to fit it all yeah. in. so apologies if we don't but the mandalorian finale from disney plus and we're going to sandwich this in the same podcast as a as a lovely discussion on the rise of skywalker star wars oh boy this, this is, is be more a feedback than we've had on any of our like takeovers yeah. or anything this is crazy so, uh look for this as well on this exact same feed the up next feed one that being subscribed to us support us uh, and all that stuff so we have a lot of po- and then all the other stuff that we're going to do on our patreon as well so we do so many shows um and we still step in here to help john away because they are uh the best the best ever yeah they sounded so defeated after their review oh did they ever this week way especially uh he might never come back from Japan after this, so so who knows? This this might be the permanent thing because I I think Raw really really often. No, off maybe he just week. won't watch Raw anymore. He'll just do <laughs> AEW and yeah. New Japan. Uh, yeah, geez, that wedding was one of the worst things. But I feel like they did it on purpose. Oh, totally. Yeah, they're trolls. And they had their best numbers in like three months or something. It's crazy. Such trash, just garbage. Um, so yeah, that is hilarious. So they can avoid that for a while. While they go over there and make no, w- they're still reviewing. Yeah, it they're going to do it with WH. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I think he only found that out yesterday, and he's kind of mad. By that. Uh, so go follow Post Wrestling with their their travels over there to Tokyo for all the wrestling that's going on for the January fourth and fifth. Uh, just crazy. Uh, we love working for for John away and letting letting they letting us do this kind of stuff. Filling in here is, is something we love to do. So if you've never heard us before and you already hate us because you want to get get to the AEW part, well, I guess this is the part where we actually talk about the show we're here to talk about, which is AEW Dynamite on TNT. Now um, we I guess people only hear our thoughts on NXT unless they subscribe to us on Patreon because we do an AEW show. Every Thursday on our Patreon. But it's more so us discussing AEW kind of versus NXT. We watch both. We kind of not debate. It's more of a a relaxed show. We do our our Wine Wednesday. So once we have the NXT show up, we we chill and we watch AEW. So So we don't note it as in-depth as we normally do. And it's more of a just a conversation. Whereas... This, I feel, we're going to do more of a proper review of the show. Yeah, because uh, we started drinking later, like Hangman Page. Yes. <laughs> uh, I opened a bottle of Jack just now, just because of Hangman Page and that shirt. But we'll get that to that shirt. That was a nice shirt. We're going to get to that yeah. shirt when we get into the show. But AEW, the January 1st, New Year's Day edition from Jacksonville, Florida. It's their home turf. AEW's Tony Khan, the, the Jaguars. Uh, on commentary tonight... JR, Excalibur, and Taz. 
Are you a fan of Taz? I know he's kind of polarizing. Um, I will say that I'm a big fan of Taz from the like, like Smackdown, Smackdown 6 with era. Michael Cole. Yeah, that yeah, that was good. Taz. I mean, there's I don't listen to like his like shows and stuff like that. I just that's not just what not did you for think me. of him tonight? I thought he was good. Tonight. I thought he was really good. Tonight. Yeah, I think I think he can still do it. If Jr. can still do it, yeah, <laughs> the Taz can still do it. Uh, yeah, I was kind of happy to see him. It was cool. Yeah, uh, I thought the commentary sounded pretty good tonight. Yeah. Didn't Taz and Jr. work together on SmackDown before as well? When I JR think moved? when Jr. moved over, yeah. yeah. Well, they have a lot to talk about and cover because the first opening match tonight. There's a stacked card on this show, in my opinion. They're they're kicking off the new year right, and the first match is a rematch from a few weeks back or a month or so back, really, when this show kind of started. Darby Allen versus Cody Rhodes. Um, over in NXT land, the Dusty Rhodes Classic has just been announced with the teams and everything like that. Or as I as I'm calling it now, the uh, the white dudes with facial hair tournament and <laughs> and Kushida and Kushida, <laughs> who uh, doesn't have a partner yet. I mean, all money's on Gallus, right? <sighs> we already recorded our worst of show. I'm, I think <laughs> Gallus is brought up. Um, some people are like, "What the fuck is a Gallus?" And you're like, "Yeah, get it checked." Um, so. Darby Allen, Cody Rhodes. Darby comes out before he does. There's this entrance video. I like this before some of his big matches. He's got like personalized videos. It's all in black and white. He's on a skateboard with this creepy Michael Myers esque Cody like face cut out with the eyes cut out. It's yeah, creepy, like a paper mask. Yeah. Um, I I like this. He did this before the Jericho match. He right. was at a concert and wasn't he like crowd surfed out and then came in. Yeah, he was crowd surfed in a body bag. I have a feeling, I, I don't know, but I feel this is him producing these. Sure. I feel he, he seems like he's very creative yeah. and wants to add stuff. And it makes the match feel important. He obviously had the time limit draw with Cody before. So this has been a kind of anticipated he rematch. Wanted, yeah, he tagged with him and he wanted this rematch, so now he gets it. So it's like an honor thing, really. Yeah. Uh, but so, I definitely think the presentation of Darby Allen. Yeah, it's cool. It, it makes him seem like a star. The 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 weird face, the Cody face, kind of looked like when you used to like the graphics in GoldenEye sixty four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like the, the weird pixelated like the block head. The, yeah, the big head cheat code you could yeah. put in in sixty four. Um, he also comes out with this guy named Rake, who's in a band. Don't know if it's the guy who's in the band that he came out to, but Jr. is like. Rake. And under the Cody mask, he had like a sort of leather face, like, sort of like uh, Slipknot. Slipknot. I thought they were on the other show. Yeah, <laughs> jeez. Uh, Cody Rhodes comes out, and he has a new manager, assistant, uh, personal advisor, and head coach. Oh my god! Um, Arn I- I'm going to go off the bat. This has got to be setting up for a turn, right? From on, <laughs> I don't feel I, of all the people on that roster, Cody is not someone who needs someone else with yeah. him. Um, he used to come out with Brandy a lot. They've kind of separated now. Uh, he's had the Nightmare family coming out with, like, DDP and Dustin and stuff. He's such a great talker. He's got such star presence anyway. Yeah. He really doesn't need someone else there. Well, and I, I maybe feel, he does, because we'll find out why. In this <laughs> yeah, but I feel this is leading to something else. I feel mm. Arn is going to probably join MJF down wow. the line. Wow, the Enforcer wouldn't do that. Come on. Would he? Yeah. Uh, Cody and his new, sorry, assistant manager to the assistant manager. What is it? <laughs> Personal assistant and head coach. Wow. Okay. So Cody's also rocking some pretty cool Legend of Zelda inspired gear here as well. Classic Cody. 
Um, this match starts off, and Cody is obviously using his strength and size to the advantage here. Uh, they go back and forth with, with a series of pinning attempts. There's a tope from Darby, but he uses kind of like his back when he goes for like a suicide dive, but like falls almost like the coffin drop, but running full speed while doing it. So fast as well, like a lot of speed on yeah. this. Uh, suicide dive. Uh, Darby then starts to work the arm of Cody. Cody then fights back, starts working the leg of Darby, locks in the figure four, but Darby gets to the ropes. Darby then gets a Fujiwara armbar, which looks awesome. And to the crowd's dismay, Darby rips off the top turnbuckle. And everyone's mad. They're booing him. And they're like, how could they do How could you do this? Um, there's like a crossbody counter from Cody. There's counters. Fr- there's a flipping uh, uh, back and forth where Cody ends up power slamming Allen, which looked really awesome because Cody does it with a snap power yeah. slam pretty great. And it was like Darby was going back and forth so fast, so fast, and then slips up one second and ends up into that. There's the Cody cutter, which is like the Oscar cutter, but it's Cody. Uh, then they go up top, and there's a just a crazy inverted like suplex into like a cutter off the top, and somehow and and Darby's like flips in, inside out almost from taking this, and some somehow he kicks out of this already. And I don't know about you, but this is match of the year. So far, absolutely. <laughs> um, they go to commercial. They come back, but they, they show a replay of a code red from Darby off the second rope. But I guess it would be more of a code black because he's goth. Yes. Right? I mean, who isn't? Yeah. <laughs> There's a, uh, what is it, the stung, stun dog millionaire type move. Then Darby up top on the turnbuckle to the apron hits the coffin drop. It looks like Cody somewhat, he, he hits the knees, so to speak. So they're both kind of down. The Cody cutter is blocked again. There's a crossroads and he just spikes Darby Allen on his head. But somehow he kicks out at two and everyone kind of bit on this because it's the fucking crossroads. I mean, that's his finish. So Cody that now uh, gets thrown into the exposed turnbuckle. Um, and Darby goes up top. He's going for the coffin drop in the middle of the ring. We see Arn Anderson lean himself, jumping into the ring, kind of yelling at Cody to get the knees up. And what does Cody do? Well, he listens to good old double A Arn Anderson, gets the knees up on the coffin drop, rolls up Darby Allen, and Cody pins him just like that. So, without the enforcer, as his assistant manager to the assistant regional manager, he wouldn't have known to get those knees up. Absolutely. And he would have lost. I I thought this was a great open to the show. Um, It was really nice watching Cody wrestle this kind of pace. Uh, His style is very much like your classic main event wrestling match, usually. He does a lot of the brawling, a lot of a slower pace. He He does some cool moves. But it was nice to see him against someone as fast as Darby and him keep up with him. Uh, some really cool counters early on. I loved when Cody did the classic Rhodes drop to the back and go for the punch to the chin. Uh, Darby countering this into an arm drag, I thought looked really cool. The um, springboard coffin drop uh, into the first crossroads attempt looked awesome. Um, and I think I think Darby keeps on gaining from these losses. And... He kicked out of the crossroads, which I think maybe Jericho kicked out of, but I can't think of anyone else in AEW who's kicked out of the crossroads so far. So they're giving him a lot in these losses, and I 
I think Darby looks like a star every time he comes out there. Yeah, de- definitely. Every time I watch Darby, he reminds me of Jeff Hardy because he's like, climb the ladder, kid. Make yeah. yourself famous. That type of like underdog kid. Yeah, you lose a match, but like, damn, you, you're awesome. And he stands out. And he does. And I thought the presentation of Arn Anderson was actually pretty good. You see managers all the time and they're, they're either just stood there or they're like banging the mat or yelling, but mm. they're not actually coaching. Whereas he was m- way more like the style of like an NFL coach where he's, he was hiding what he was saying with like papers and covering his mouth. So <laughs> like the game plan wouldn't get across. Damn. And I just thought like little touches like that made it seem a bit different and uh, anything that can make it seem like a legit sport, I I enjoy. He's the enforcer. He is. He's smart. Get those knees up, Cody. Uh, so we'll see what happens with uh, the enforcer going forward. But you predict a turn really early on. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't see this being a thing. I think Arn's going to have a bigger role and probably, I mean, probably with MJF, although does he need it? Because he's fantastic yeah. as well. I just, I just feel it's a bit of a waste because Cody doesn't need him. Yeah, it's weird. It's like perfection gets Tully. Yeah. And for no reason. And then Cody gets Iron for an, all right. It's like, yeah. cool. Okay. Uh, backstage, we have SCU, the tag team champions. Um, they say that everyone wants a shot at us because we're the champs. Everyone needs to step it up. That includes Lucha Brothers, Private Party, and the Dark Order. And we hear booze. Uh, he says, uh, there's there's no reason that there's a reason that we're the champions, and then here comes someone, Sammy Guevara. Oh, not before calling the Dark Order spooky perverts, which I <laughs> found very funny. Um, spooky perverts. Uh, Sammy Guevara comes and he's uh, on Instagram Live or vlogging or yeah. whatever he does, um, and he says, "Wow, uh, congrats, you guys! You're the tag team champions." He says, "Hey, Christopher Daniels, looks like you got you're full of wrinkles and." L's losses, man. Daniel says, hmm, you want to see? How about next week? We'll find out. So uh, Sammy Guevara going to go up against Christopher Daniels at some point to to prove his in-ring career, essentially. I feel we might see like a deliberately planned botch from Daniels again. And I think that's the route they're going to go with him where where they're playing. He's past it. And SCU are going ahead. And I think it might grow to some tension between the three of them yeah we've been doing that show best match ever and uh we've decided we're gonna do this uh, version of it the later this month where we pick uh, the best ring of honor match ever where we're gonna take in suggestions and watch a bunch and argue and that's the show but we need one of tna impact because christopher daniels is involved in some crazy matches back in the day so it is kind of not sad to see it but like He's just kind of in the sidelines side now, and I guess that's but where But they're, they're making something of it, which is good. Yeah, I guess. I, I'd, I'd way prefer they did that with um, with a Christopher Daniels than they seem to be doing at the beginning of AEW with Kenny Omega. Mm. Like, that seemed a waste. Whereas Daniels, he's had a fantastic career. He is pushing it now in age. He can still go. But if you're going to tell that kind of, oh, are you a bit past it story, it fits... Daniel's way better than it does at Omega, who like should be in the in the conversation for best wrestler in the world, and he really wasn't last year. Right, I agree. We have a title match, a women's title match, but not the match we were promised. Oh no, because the alien had to fulfill other duties, which uh, turns out AEW was just really helping these people out. So uh, letting, that, that's good. They're yeah. letting uh, her honor 
uh, prior commitments, yeah, which so is good. I think that's pretty cool. So I don't yeah. really judge them. So instead, they're like, "Hey, we're not. You're, we're not just gonna move on. We're gonna make it up to you, fans. We're gonna have a fatal four way, a four way title match. We have Riho defending the AEW. I almost said NXT. I'm not used to this. <laughs> uh, women's Championship against Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, and Hikaru Shida. So this is a four-way for the title, and Statlander next week will face the winner of this in a title match. So, so much title defenses. Jeez. The match starts with Nyla like attacking Riho, and this then gets Hikaru really mad, and she uses her kendo, kendo stick to smack around Nyla. There's then a table set up outside. There's brawling. Riho climbs up the top rope to the outside onto everyone with a cross body. Nyla hits a flying knee to, like, a rope-hung Hikaru. Like a guillotine. Yeah, this was pretty cool. Um, there's a senton off the apron through, like, a table on Hikaru. There's all sorts of just crazy shit. It was, like, a hardcore match for a little while here. Um, there's a double stomps by Riho. Um, Britt Baker hits like a spike DDT on Nyla. There's the lockjaw attempt and it's blocked and turned. There's a triangle which is turned into a huge power bomb from Nyla Rose on Britt Baker, who's a dentist. Uh, there's a roll through stomp again by Riho. Then up top, she goes for the double stomp, or as we call it on the show, we usually watch the coup de gras. Absolutely. Um, but it's broken up. Britt Baker's in, hits the swinging neckbreaker, the twist and shout. Um, but there was a pin here from Britt Baker, but I swear this was a three count, but the ref This seemed it to happen a couple of times in this match. Yeah. The, the fact that they didn't replay it made me think that... Because you watch and you go, was, was that just a really good late kick out or did the ref kind of hesitate there? It seemed like the ref hesitated with the counts a yeah. couple of times in this match. Maybe it was the ref's fault and maybe not so much the competitors, but I, I, it did I mean, seem it, it happen a few times in, the, in this match. Yeah. Um, there's a suplex on the outside. There's from the outside inside, rather from, uh, onto Chris, uh, sorry, Chris Britt Baker from Hikaru Shida. There's a fireman in carry into a backbreaker by Shida on Britt Baker. Nyla breaks it and deadlift German suplexes her as well. Nyla then goes for the swanton, but there's a no water in the pool. I, yeah, this bit was a bit dumb. For me, um, she, Nyla she puts, sets yeah. Riho on top of Shida, which should be a pin attempt because yeah. Shida's shoulders are on the mat and Riho's on top of her. And I think Riho realized that because she then moves off and like Riho lies does. next to her. Yeah, but it it just made it look so like contrived. It's we're now just setting ourselves up to move. Um, yeah, I've seen that a few times. I I remember. I, Phil, there was like a fatal four-way women's match in NXT a couple of years ago with the Iconics, and this happened, where you just laid on top and it's like, you should be counting this. And I feel this even happened in AEW a couple of weeks ago as well. Yeah, it did. It seems like it's deja vu. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then it got even, there was even more sloppiness here. There was like an Ace Crusher, or not Ace Crusher, Crusher 99, Kiwi Crusher, whatever you want to call it, Crusher. But another weird pin attempt there. Uh, I know you love this. A side Russian leg sweep. From Britt Baker. Oh, beautiful. Best best move ever. You say that the side Russian leg sweep is the greatest move in wrestling history, where I say that the suplex lift into the Ushi Garoshi or the Sushi Garoshi is the greatest move in wrestling. Which one of us is right? <laughs> I mean, I think it's obvious. <laughs> well, Britt Baker hits the side Russian leg sweep, but she also does the 
the sushi groshi, doesn't she? She does indeed. Yeah. Well, she turns the side Russian leg sweep into the lockjaw, which looked really cool, it's a actually. a really nice transition, yeah. Yeah, uh, really awesome. But Riho sunset flips onto Britt Baker and does this crazy, like, jackknife pin style with a crazy balance. And Riho gets the pin and retains the women's title with just, like, an inch of her life there. But just making it by a hair. So this was... This like had its uh, ups and downs for me, but I, it, it was okay. I thought it was quite sloppy, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, um, it, I, it, I, it seemed frantic, which which is how a, like a fatal four way should be. But it was, yeah, it was the, it was those pin attempts a couple of times in the match, and just a little bit of sloppiness here and there. But I still enjoyed the match. Uh, after the match, Nyla Rose attacks Riho. Puts her on a table, climbs to the top rope, and hits a frog splash through the table on Rio, just killing her, destroying her. Boo. What is going to happen? Because Rio has to defend the title next week against the alien, Chris Statlander. Which I found odd, because we then see her just being interviewed later in the show. Yeah. And she seemed fine. Yeah. What happened? Mm. Weird. Uh, Joey Janela is backstage. He's being interviewed. And just before he's about to, I don't know, quote some other song or something, he just goes quiet. And the camera pans out and we see someone has hit him in the balls. And it's Penelope Ford standing there with Kip Sabian. Uh, super bad. So uh, this storyline is going to start or continue. Yeah, it felt like they started it a while ago. Yeah. And then they stuck with the Sean Spears, Tully Blanchard story. Whereas now they're going... For Kip and Penelope Ford. And the story's there. Like, she used to be with Janelle. They used to date, no? I think so. Yeah. Uh, she was at least his manager for a long, long Damn, time. Damn, Joey. So, um, this makes complete sense to me. I I, I shamefully love Joey Janela, uh very much. I think he's great. He he looks so funny out there sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> he's just great. I love, I love everything about him. I'm into this storyline. It's like Matt Hardy and Edge all over again. Yeah. But it's about Penelope, you know? Damn. Uh, there's a message. This message is paid for you by the NWO. Uh, the Dark Order has a message. They show clips of them attacking the elite. It looks like they're going to kind of go away from this because this was the only mention of this whole angle because people did not like that angle. Did, I mean, true. That was your big angle going into the Christmas break yeah. and not really much follow-up yeah, at I think, all I this think week. They're taking people's advice and kind of pretending like it didn't happen and moving away from it and not doing it again because it was not received well. Um, we have a match up here. Trent Beretta, who lost I his I just name. want to go back to that, though. Oh. I do feel bad for the talent because we've been watching... Uh, I mean, you especially have been watching uh, Dark Order, Super Smash Bros, SSB, whatever you want to call them, yeah. for a long time. And they're awesome. Like, they're an awesome tag team. Mm -hmm. And I feel in the short run AEW has had so far, they've kind of already had three start and stops with them, and it's just not working. And I just feel it's really dirtying their name, and yep. it's damaging them. It really is, which which is a shame, because they're, they're talented guys. Yeah, they actually have really good matches. Uh, they always look strange to me, but they have amazing matches. So we saw them in the Bucks in uh, Ring of Honor years ago, and... Um, it was awesome. I know yeah. they can deliver. I've watched them for so long in Smash Wrestling. But. And I feel, I kind of feel you've done this big angle. Sure, it wasn't received well, but just get the match done this week then. If you're, if you're going to blow it off, I'd rather them just do the match instead of completely ignore it because people didn't like it. Yeah. 
you see that with Star Wars. There's two, like, I mean, we'll talk about that later this week. <laughs> but people kind of listen to fans too much sometimes. And it it makes it messy in the end because right. you can't please everyone. And I think if you ended up just having Dark Order versus the Bucks this week in a killer match and just blow that food, feud off would be better than just completely ignoring that that ever happened. J.J. Abrams books the Dark Order versus Young Bucks match. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to cram in an hour match into a 20-minute match on TV. And just write a load of exposition just before the match starts. Just pretend nothing happened before. Mm. That's what he'll do, yeah. Which I'm okay with because, well, again, we'll get into that on the Star Wars show. <laughs> we have a matchup. It's Trent, who may or may not have lost his last name, Beretta, against... John. Yeah. John. Moxley. Um, so we have Chucky e. T and Orange Cassidy freshly squeezed on the outside. Orange Cassidy has a brand new AEW shirt. He was not wearing it. And he was wearing his <laughs> old one. That is the commitment to the gimmick, if you ask me. He's wearing his personal one from Pro Wrestling Tees, not the brand new one that just came out today. Uh, and Mox is just in his jeans this week. He wasn't in his... Uh, he's had those like funky pants with like all the zips on and stuff. Yeah, he's wearing his ring, uh, ring like shorts, and yeah, just in black jeans this week. He's a few he's a few zippers away from Thriller, uh, and he's not wearing the the G one tight gear. So, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, this match is I, I'm pretty excited for this because I like both of these guys. Both these guys. Uh, this match they they're hard hitting to start. There's these pop up flying knees to the front from Trent Beretta. Uh, they're like striking each other. They're going on the outside. There's like a, a suplex toss into the ropes that kind of hangs Trent out to dry. During the commercial break, uh, Moxley has an STF locked in on Trent, and I'm not talking no John Cena like. 2007 type STF. I'm talking like a real STF here, like William Regal would do, because you know Moxley's all about that. Um, they the match comes back from break. They're on the outside, and Trent hits a spear there. Back in the ring, Trent hits a beautiful half and half suplex. Then there's a tope to the outside. He's hitting him with everything he can. There's roll-ups back and forth, but Moxley just turns him inside out with a clothesline. Um, And then Trent fights back and hits one of his own, so both guys are down. This is where the most over guy in the company gets into the ring. Orange Cassidy, like, just interference, straight up just walks into the ring. Moxley stares at him. There's a stare down. The match you never thought you needed to see. Orange Cassidy and John Moxley... And what does Orange Cassidy do? Uh, puts his hands in his pocket. I know. <laughs> I'm just reading my notes, and I, I can imagine, like, looking back at this in a few years' time. And it's like, Orange Cassidy interferes and puts his hands in his pockets. What? Hands in my pocket. Hands but it works. And then Moxley does it. Yeah. And everyone goes wild. Um, and then Orange Cassidy leaves the ring because it's all a distraction for Trent to hit a move we don't see that often in the world of professional wrestling, at least on the Wednesday night show that we watch. If we need to see a pile driver, it's usually just Canadian destroyers. But yeah, a classic pile driver from Trent Beretta, only a two count man. They just don't do pile drivers like that anymore. Um, and they're doing Memphis next week without the king of uh, pile drivers. Yeah. Jerry Lawler and the king of Memphis. Um, there's only a two count. Moxley kicks out. It's insane. Trent goes for a dive on the outside, but it's blocked from from Moxley, who then hits the paradigm shift 
on the outside. He goes back into the ring. He then hits the one where he like lifts you the up. The elevated paradigm. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Knight Rider or whatever. The Dark Knight Rider or whatever. Death Rider. Death Rider. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> the Dark Knight Rider. That's a crossover we need to see. <laughs> the Knight Rider. <laughs> what is it called? Death Rider. Death Rider. Well, it's Death Rider if he's in Japan. Right. What's... It's what's, it's just the paradigm shift. What's the superhero that Nicolas Cage played? The Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Right, yeah. I should review that one time. The Dark Knight Ghost Rider. <laughs> uh, and Moxley pins Trent with the Dark Rider. Death Rider. He pins him with the Death Rider. That's it. This match was fun. Uh, I, I could. I think I could have watched maybe a bit more minutes of this, to be honest. But I liked everything, with even with the Orange Cassidy interference. Uh, it was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. Um, something they mentioned this week is that uh, the, the win-loss record has reset. It's a new year, so a clean slate, but the rankings still stay in place. So... Moxley having uh, not been beaten in AEW yet is still ranked number one in the company. Wow. But wins and losses are back to back to zero. They mentioned that he is number one contender yeah. for Chris Jericho's AEW world title. And here comes Sammy Guevara. He, he walks down through the crowd and he's like, oh, so this is what this feels like. It's pretty cool. Now I know why you do this all the time, John. He comes down. He says, that, hey, look, Jericho wants to talk to you. We need to know an answer. But Jericho's not there. It cuts to the screen. Uh, well, Sam, Sammy also has uh, 2020 goggles on. He's got that 2020 vision. Yep. Um, and it cuts to Jericho. He's outside somewhere in Florida because they're in Jacksonville with this beautiful car. It's a, what, a Ford GT? I don't know anything Ford about Ford GT, cars. yeah, it was beautiful. Jericho says, look, John, I want you to think long and hard about me asking you to join the inner circle. He says, if you join, you'll be a part owner with me. I'll give you 49% LIC, licensing rights to the inner circle. All, all you can want, anything you want, money, power, everything. We can run this company. We'll take out Cody. We'll take out the Bucks. We'll run this ship. You just have to join me. In fact, all of us boys here at the inner circle... We all chipped in and we bought you this car. And look, we even went through and got it personalized. The license plate with the Florida... Or the Florida has the best license plates, by the way. The orange? Yeah. And it says, Mox. He says, this could be yours. So next week, uh, I want an answer. And he gets in the car and Jericho drives off. It cuts back to the ring. Moxley has a microphone. He says that I will give you my answer face-to-face next week. And yeah, Mox says that he he admits he's friends with Jericho, who's been friends with Jericho. Mm. He considers him a, a mentor. Um, obviously, they've they've had history in the other company, right? Um, but I like that they're not ignoring um, the past, and they are showing because I think Jericho is close to Renee and yeah. things like that. So I like they're acknowledging that. So I don't think anyone is buying that. Mox is going to join the inner it's circle. It's like Daniel Bryan joining the Wyatt family. Yeah. He'll eventually... I don't know. That could be interesting. I, 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 I'm imagining he just beats them all up next week. I assume so, yeah. Um, and I'm okay with a Jericho-Moxley match. That sounds kind of cool. I mean, we've seen it, but I feel like they need to uh, make up for what they did before. I was not a big fan of their... You program. didn't like Mitch the Plant? I loved Mitch the Plant, but I didn't like the matches. The Asylum? That was one of the worst fucking shit. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Um, so I'm, I'm a little interested into that. 
During this commercial break, Sammy Guevara does his classic uh, Bob Dylan thing here with the, the signs, the flashcards uh, during the commercial. Yeah, I thought he was channeling Andrew Lincoln from Love Actually. Oh, yeah, true. Right. Well, I think Bob Dylan did it before that. Okay. I think that's where that it comes Maybe, from. Maybe, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never seen Love Actually. Great Christmas movie. Yeah, never seen it. So you, Something else I learned today. Oh, God, here we go. You've never seen Shawshank Redemption. Wow, here we so go. So they're advertising Shawshank Redemption is coming on after... TNT. <laughs> Dynamite. And I was like, hey, I don't want to do this review now. You're you like, got really mad. And Hangman said, oh, it was either Hangman or Taz. Like, yeah, i never seen it. And you're like, me neither. <laughs> you got It's like one of the best films ever made. Is it better than Goodfellas? Yes. No, come on, I can't It's be. fantastic. Don't even... Look at any list online and it's like Shawshank's at the top. Shawshank? Mm. Mm, I don't know, man. We'll see. Should we review it? You're, you're, <laughs> p- people are switching off this review right now. Whoa. Wow. They go, I gave these guys a chance. They're the no John away. But, they're no John away, but I'm going to give them a chance. And then, oh, one of them hasn't seen Shawshank? I'm done. Maybe that's something see you need to do. in a couple weeks, lads. Hey, I got it. <laughs> New Year's resolution. You're going to watch Shawshank. I'm going to watch Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Done. Okay? Are we okay? Fine. I, I, I'm happy now. Wow. And love, actually. Ah, next Christmas. Next Christmas. Last Christmas. Uh, Sammy Guevara with his uh, cue cards here, SNL cards, he is saying that, uh, hey, hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Hey, Victoria Justice's sister, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I, I can't blame a guy for trying. He's shooting his shot. So God bless the Spanish God for shooting his shot. Last time he was trying to get... Uh, is it Cami Cabero? What is it, something? Right. I have no idea. Yeah, uh, some some singer. And, uh, I mean, hey, why not? You know, get it while you can, kid. Get it while you're hot. Spanish God. Uh, he then talks about um, Dustin Rhodes and how, you know, he had a broken arm. This time, you could have a broken hand. Are you uh, Googling Victoria Justice's of course, sister? Yeah. Okay, do we approve yeah. here in the yeah. uh, Braden Davy? Sammy, shoot your shot. <laughs> shoot, shoot your shot, Sammy. Victoria Justice, was she in. Well, this is Victoria Justice's sister, but I think Victoria Justice was in uh, Zoe 101. I, I have no idea who she is, wow. to be honest. Someone somewhere, if you know what Zoe 101 is, you know. Zoe uh, 101, yes. <laughs> and Fun Size, whatever that? that is. Nice. That's a future review. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the new Lizzie McGuire is coming out soon on Disney Plus. We have to review that as well. I'm super stoked. Since the Mando's done. <laughs> uh, so he's threatening here. Sammy Guevara is threatening to break Dustin's arm, his fingers, his foot. It's not quite Pete Dunn. No Pete Dunn, but... But he'll break your fucking foot as well. Dustin Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara. Now, I know our Worst of show isn't released yet, but if you listen to it in the near future, we discuss Worst theme song, and it's like someone somehow got an advanced copy. There was a spy. There was a spy. There's, there's a, a spy, spy in, in post-wrestling. Post yeah. Oh, my God. There's, an in, there's a mole in yep. the post office. Someone's spying in on our pre-recorded content and finding out information because... Dustin Rhodes comes out to uh, a remixed edition of his Brain Stew theme song here, which, uh, oh boy. It sounded better. Yes. It did sound better. It did, to give him credit, to give whoever credit. Uh, Sammy Guevara is doing his best Naito impersonation by keeping his shirt on and his jacket in the opening minutes of this match. Dustin is just throwing him around, beating him up. There's a tope off the apron from Dustin. He looks awesome every time he does that. I swear he gets he's like a bottle of wine, this Dustin Rhodes, the natural. Just gets better with age, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hager, is it Hager? Hager. Hager. Yeah. 
the guy, Swagger, he comes down to make his presence known. There's a power slam on the outside by Dustin on Sammy. Sammy somehow, with a distraction, hits a basement dropkick like the Wrecking Ball type. Sammy, during the commercial breaks, hit a, hits a pretty beautiful acai moonsault to the outside. Looks awesome. Uh, back from break, Sammy hits a big clothesline. Dustin fights back with a power slam of his own. There's uh, a standing star press from Guevara for a two count. And then, in what is the craziest spot maybe on this show tonight, uh, Dustin hits on the apron, on Sammy Guevara, a nasty-looking Canadian destroyer. This looks like he kills him. I thought it looked great because it kind of looked like he was going for a, a pile drive or a power bomb or something to start with. And Sammy was trying to counter it and trying to go for a backdrop. Yeah. And then Dustin countered the counter into the destroyer. And it looked like his neck just snapped in half. I don't know. It looked fantastic. This looked dangerous. Holy shit. Just crazy. Uh, You would imagine he goes for the win here. But Hager, with interference, which pisses Dustin off, he goes to, like, hit him out of there. Sammy's ass is kind of revealed. He gets, like, wedgied. Mm. It's like he's wearing a thong. Um, and he's he's about to get the Shattered Dreams, but the referee stops him. With that distraction, Hager back in the ring hits the low blow to Dustin when the ref isn't looking. Sammy Guevara pins Dustin just like that. Oh, boy. They did Dustin dirty. I, I really enjoyed this match. I think... Um I think it was it was great for both guys. Dustin against these young guys kind of gives him this uh, this kind of new lease of life and gets to work with this younger talent and mm-hmm. he works a, a quicker and more exciting style. And it's also great for someone as young as Sammy Guevara to work with a vet like Dustin Rhodes. Um, just it's it's just improving both guys. I think uh, the destroyer was nuts. Um, Dustin, he did this in his match against Cody and it, it seems to be something he does to younger talent is the spanking. Yeah. He gave Sammy a, a few spanks. His butt was out match. there. His butt was right out there. Uh, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, yeah, me too. And Sammy Guevara is just growing on me week after week. He just, he plays such a good little prick. And he does. can wrestle really well. Yeah, he does play um, that character pretty and well. he's so young, so he's only going to get better and better. And I appreciate a guy who shoots his shot. Absolutely. Yeah. I need, to, I need to learn some things from Sammy Guevara. <laughs> Just keep it quiet. <laughs> something something I don't do, like a private party who are backstage being interviewed and they're asked about their New Year's resolution, but there's someone else in the background because they're at some sort of bar. They're, in fact, at a private party. And here is, in the greatest fucking shirt you've ever seen in your GD lives, Hangman Adam Page... In this country boy, black button-up, country, flowery, flowery, post Malone type shit. Uh, He's wearing that, and he's pouring himself a drink. And they're like, hey, what's going on? And there's some sort of interaction, like argument. Uh, It's like Hangman's teasing that he's kind of heel, if you ask me. But he just wants a drink. Yeah, he's just being a bit of a jerk. He's a bit, well, like, yeah, standoffish. Moody. He just yeah. he just wants his Jack on the rocks. Yeah, this inspired me to open my bottle of Jack that I got for Christmas from nice. someone. I just decided to, to crack it open. Have uh, a Lemmy. You know what a Lemmy is? Jack and Coke? Jack and Coke. Mouth taught me that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what uh, comes of Hangman. I went on Twitter and I said, I took a photo of this segment and I said, where do I get this shirt? 
and someone has found it for me on my Twitter. So if you're looking for it, at the Bray D, I've retweeted the link. If you're interested in wearing the same shirt as Hangman, it's a hundred dollars shirt. Well, we should both get one and go out. I want to wear. <laughs> go to the country bar. We have one bar in no, Toronto. Let's go to the hip hop bar. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Post Malone wears, though. Like it's it's like ironically in, right? Right? Like it's yeah. Um, I liked with this this week's show. There seems to be way more backstage interviews and yeah. stuff than us- usual, um, which I enjoyed. But the, there was something with the sound because on a few of them we had a the like Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy thing coming up. The the sound was bad. The sound at the beginning of this one was bad. Um, they had it with the Riho interview as well, where just the audio wasn't there. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy they're doing more backstage stuff to kind of like, let's understand these characters a bit more, but you need to sort out this sound issue. Agreed. Yeah. It's like something's not, they're they're keeping pots down or up or something off. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully the sound works for this next segment because it's needed. MJF. He's coming down to the ring. Uh, they they actually kind of fucked this up, too, because he was, like, coming down to the ring and they're in commercial. And I believe he even started talking before it came back. Mm. So people are a little rubbed the wrong way. It's happened a, f- a few other weeks as yeah. well with, with the audio. Um, and as someone who works in TV, and I, I, I work at a, f- a t- TV station, timing is everything with live shows and coming back from break is really hard. Yeah. So, like, I can't blame them, but, like, you, you need to get your shit together. Yeah. Like, it's, this guy is talking. Yeah. MJF. He says, boo me all you want. He was making people kiss the ring right beforehand on the P and P. He says, all these people, your heads are up your asses. You, you, something about you guys are shit. He hates, he hates Florida, essentially. Uh, he says that no one, no one here in Jacksonville can read. And he sees, Cody, the roles have changed. The tides have turned. Cody, you need me. So if you want to fight me, Cody Rhodes, I have a few stipulations. If you want to fight me, you have to do these things. Stipulation number one. The match can ha- will happen at AEW Revolution. But before then, if you so even lay one of your pudgy fingers on me, the match is off. Also, stipulation number two. You have to fight someone and you have to beat them. And that someone is Mr. Mayhem, my pal, Wardlow, who's standing right behind him in a suit... With the nastiest face. How do you just make that face? I hate that. Yeah. It, it's it's like when big wrestlers decide to <sighs> It's someone goes, hey, look mean. And just, like, <sighs> just pouting. I think you're a big guy in a suit. You, you look scary anyway. You don't need to, like, grimace. Uh, I, I, might, I might catch heat. But, I mean, Wardlow is a big, scary dude. But if you have a man bun, I don't know. Are you that scary? Are you that scary? If it was 2016, maybe. But uh, I don't know. Uh, Wardlow, you're going to have to face him, Cody. You're going to have to face Wardlow in a steel cage. But right before, yeah, this was pretty funny. I found this bit really funny. He goes, oh, actually, we shouldn't just have a, a normal match. And he turns to Wardlow and looks at him and then goes... Yeah, me and my buddy Wardlow just had a private conversation just, just then. Just right now. And Wardlow hasn't said a word. <laughs> <laughs> and then the crowd boos and laughs. And he says, hey, why don't you shut your big fat mouths? Keep them shut. He calls them all mouth breathers, which is one of my favorite insults. Right. Is it just because, like, you breathe through your mouth? Is it because, like, you're, like, bigger? I don't understand it. 
It's an, I, I never understood it. Neither do I. It just sounds good. I heard two Brits yesterday call another Brit a scouser. Is that a bad word? Scouser? No, it means you're from Liverpool. Oh, it sounds like it would be a bad word. No, Liverpool's are scousers. Okay, give me a bad word then. I need to replace that. Uh, maybe later. <laughs> Not on the post-wrestling feed. Yeah, true. <laughs> Mouth breather. Uh, so he says that, Cody, you have to face Wardlow in a steel cage, which we haven't really seen in AEW. No. We haven't at all, actually. So, Cody, you're going to have to also get down on your knees, and I'm, I'm going to whip you. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> MJF is into, me and MJF have some same interests, except he wants to whip Cody Rhodes 10 times, 10 lashes. And then I'll make you remember that my name is Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF, and I am better than you and you know it. This guy is awesome. Like his promos are so, so good. Um, I... I want to see him improve wrestling-wise. Uh, I think Cody is a good guy to go up against um, to really like see what he can do because I, I haven't seen a great deal of him in ring. Right. Uh, but on the mic, this guy is one of the best up th- out there. Yeah, definitely. He's so clean and so crisp. And he... There's a difference between him and and like uh, one of these characters on like the the the, the wedding with Lana, right? Mm. She's she's playing this annoying heel, but it's. I don't like her at all. Whereas I watch this guy, I'm supposed to hate him, but I find he's so good at this. Like he, he, he the character he's doing, uh, and even this guy's like Twitter game. He's such a dick online. Well, there, there are stories that have come out. I didn't his vi- sister like share a video of him as a kid cutting promos. Like this is obviously when other people are practicing doing yeah. flips and shit. He's been practicing his promo since he was a child. And it's so clear because he seems like way ahead of his years. Yeah, he's really he's really quick. He's really smart, uh, and he 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 gets that heat. But he's also very funny as well. So uh, I, I can agree. I'm not a big fan of his in ring work. I haven't seen a whole lot of it. But what I have, I'm like okay. But he can sell a match, obviously. Uh, so we'll have to see a steel cage down the line. Obviously, Cody's going to go through these ring these ropes to to. To fight him, yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the cage as well. Like, what, yeah. uh, is it going to be a new design for AEW? I, each company has a kind of different look. Well, so. also Cody Rhodes in a cage, like Dusty Rhodes, has so many classical. Cage. Do you think he's going to bleed? Hell yeah, he's going to put a fork right up his face. Yeah. Oh man, I hope Cody's forehead doesn't look, end up looking like his dad's forehead. <laughs> it's getting there already. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh, so yeah, awesome promo by MJF. I really enjoyed it. He'll he definitely sold me on this thing. Not really. I'm I'm a little I'm a little worried about the ten lashes thing. Why are you whipping the guy ten? That's just weird. I mean, it, it would hurt. Like yeah. he, he's basically saying, "Look, you really want to match against me? Like, you, prove it. You've got to go through this pain. We'll see." Uh, backstage is Jurassic Express. Uh, this is where they had some audio issues. Uh, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, who sounds an awful lot like his dad, uh, he says, my biggest match happened last year at the end of it on AEW's last show, and that was Jericho's last match of the decade. Uh, I know I, I, I didn't win the match, but I, I lasted the 10 minutes, so in 2020, I will keep trying. Uh, and then it's announced again that the records are reset so he says that this year I will get a win. That's right. He's, he doesn't have a win. I 
I didn't think this was very No, good. I didn't really like um, this. Audio issues aside. Um, Marco stunts like acting like a little dog, trying to like get at the, yeah, the microphone. But it's like, his his dad was an actor. Like, maybe take some acting classes or something. I, I mean, I think that's a note for so many wrestlers. Do improv classes, do acting classes. Cody, Cody trained. Like, Cody trained as an actor and you can see it. Mm. Jericho's trained as an actor and you can see it. Um, Jericho's done a bunch of improv as well. You can tell the people who have done that. And I think if you want to make it, um, actual wrestling ability is only going to get you so far. And you see someone like MJF works a pretty safe style, like very good on the mic. He has the potential to have a very long, successful career. And that's due to his like mouth rather than what he can do with his body. Right. That sounded weird, but, uh, but you know, I know exactly you know what, what I mean. Though. About. Um, <laughs> and I, I think that's something someone like Jack Perry really needs to do because right. this this sounded bad. I really liked his dad in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, though he was really good. Rest in peace. 2019, we lost a lot of good men out there. Mm. We have another weird audio technical thing because it's Riho backstage with Michael Nakazawa, and Britt Baker shows up. She reminds Rio she's a dentist, and she says that I'm a dentist on the side, and I'm still better than you. And she... <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what she said. Yeah, I'm not she's joking. Saying, like, I'm not lying. Where have you been? Like, you're never here. You don't deserve to be champion as you've never been here. Riho is the Brock Lesnar of AEW. <laughs> um, and says that, yeah, I should be champion. You kind of snuck the win tonight. Uh, Riho also seemed fine. Here. She got throw, put through a table. Yeah. She's just fine. She's fine. Um, but yeah, kind of making Britt Baker out to be a bit of a heel here. Yes, definitely. Uh, which is interesting. I mean, I hate my dentist. I hate dentists. Actually, quite like my dentist. Oh. She's quite nice. Oh, I, oh, okay. I think <laughs> I know why you like your dentist. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the dentist. It's weird. The women's division here... In AEW, so strange. Uh, we have dentists, you aliens. Freddie Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second to be like, wait, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, you're you're, you're absolutely right. Wow, what a just a division. I, I miss Statlander. She's my favorite. She'll she, be back. She's she, back next week. Uh, she's out of this world. Uh, you got me uh, a gift for Christmas. A NASA uh, crew neck sweater. It says NASA on it. So me and Chris Statlander. We're both out of this world. We're both out there, you know? Nice. Yeah. Main event time. <laughs> <laughs> Main event time. It's the Elite. The debut in 2020 of the Elite. That's right. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Coming out to the being the Elite theme song. The Elite. The, the Elite. And they have uh, a team to face here tonight of the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon, and Phoenix Jr. Or Ray Phoenix. Um, and Pac. So, um, this is exciting. Yeah, um, absolutely. When this match was announced, like, sounds awesome. Also had Hangman Adam Page out there on commentary, still drinking his Jack on the Rocks. So now he's got the drink in his hands, his Jack, and then, like, the bar, the the marquee pops up, and it says, Hangman Page, uh, recently been drinking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I don't want it to be laugh at alcoholism. I don't think it is that. I think it's more him not giving a shit is what yeah. they're getting at. If if this becomes a thing every week where right. he's drinking, I don't. I think that's a bit tasteless. Yeah. 
for for one week, it's him. Oh, I've not got a match tonight. Cool. I'm gonna crack open the jack then, and and he doesn't give a shit. Right. I think it's more what they're getting at. Got you. Um. So I think if they can find inventive ways to make him seem like that each week, yeah, it would be good. But no, I don't want to see the drinking every week because I I think you then. Yeah, it, yeah, it's tasteless. Yeah, you watch Raw. I found Raw really tasteless. The mm. the the wedding thing with the Liv Morgan angle there. I I found it really disgusting, actually, uh, kind of. And I feel like you you could kind of go down the wrong way with this, like addictions and, and stuff. Yeah. you know, I, I, don't, I don't I don't think that is what yeah. it is. But we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see in the next few weeks. Because I laughed a lot at this. It was funny. Yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> like I said, I literally went to my room and found the bottle of Jack and my <laughs> Christmas gifts. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm drinking some Jack. And he's wearing that amazing shirt, mm. doing cowboy shit. Um, yeah, I love it. Hangman. Underrated, that Hangman page. Um, the match starts off here. And uh, how many times? Do do a shot of Jack every time Pentagon tries to do the Zero Miedo. Zero Miedo. Zero Miedo. Zero Fear. He takes his glove off, throws it. Kenny catches it. And then... Slaps him with it. I challenge you to a duel. <laughs> That's how you know you're fucked up. If a guy slaps you with his glove, um, it's on. There's a series of brawls for between the two. Kenny and Pentagon go at it. There's an enziguri from Penta. He then tags in Phoenix. Uh, there's a double Kataro crusher that he gets on both of them. Nick Jackson's in. They're bouncing around. Phoenix is just so fast. Like, how do you move this quick? Flawlessly as well. He's so his clean. balance and crispness. It, it's yeah. He's incredible. He's like double, triple jumping, run, ring rope running. Like, he's just crazy. Uh, there's kicks and kicks. Um, there's a double stomp and an elbow drop from the Young Bucks. Uh, then during the break, they do the classic Ultimate Warrior Batista ring rope shaking, which is really funny from well, Kenny. Montez Ford now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, the king of the gif. Um, there's a r- ring rope jump into like a, a Rana by Phoenix on two guys. This is all in the commercial break, isn't it? Like just what No the fuck? side chin locks here. Back from break, Kenny spikes Phoenix with a Rana on the head. But Pac blocks him and hits a crazy tope to the... Oh, not even a tope. Like a flying Frosbury flop. What is it? Flosbury? Frosbury. Schnozbury. Um, Pac then blocks Kenny from tagging in the Bucks. And then... Um, but somehow they do tag him in. There's a series of kicks from Nick Jackson, which he's just beating the shit out of Pac. Then a wheelbarrow-assisted Canadian destroyer. Then double destroyers by the Bucks on the Lucha Brothers. All hell is breaking loose here in Jacksonville. Kenny is telling Pac to hit him and keeps crushing him, telling him to hit him, hits him back. Pac hits a snap German. Then a V-trigger from Kenny, a Snapdragon. This is just insane. Uh, there's a Wily Bomb broken up by Pentagon. There's Sling Blades everywhere by Penta. Backstabbers, double Ace Crusher from Phoenix. Then a Snapdragon. Hits another cutter on Kenny. Pac is up. He hits the Black Arrow, which just every... No matter how many times you've seen this incredible. move. How does this guy... Like, I know they call him the man Gravity forgot back in... WWE, but like literally, how do you do this move where you flip and fly that direction? This is just one of the coolest moves in wrestling. I don't care, even today. But it's it's not. It doesn't end the match. He then locks in the brutalizer, is which he beat. The, this is the move that he beat Kenny with before, but it's broken up. Then there's this this like back and forth exchange between Phoenix and Kenny, who are in the ring. Phoenix does a crazy corkscrew into the ring, 
but gets caught with a high knee from Omega, which then he puts Phoenix in the one-winged angel and pins him just like that. The Elite win. The Elite get their their big W here in AEW on the first show on New Year's Day. This was crazy. Just me trying to run this down was like I mean, really, insane. this was everything you expect from these six guys. Yeah. I don't think you expect anything less. Um, Phoenix, as you said, is incredible. I love when Nick Jackson does his fire up of his like kicks in the corner, the forearms followed by the bulldog. It's just so crisp. Um, the destroyers that were just happening everywhere. Pack is incredible. Uh, yeah, you you w- really wouldn't expect anything less from these guys. Yeah, main event. Yeah, yeah, it was just crazy. Um, I I love this this whole show. I thought it was really awesome, especially to start the year off. Um, they didn't really have competition. I would say the NXT show tonight was a more of a a flashback award show. So really, if you wanted some hot wrestling, you would watch this tonight. So yeah, and I. I mean, maybe that's that's why they thought, oh, we might have more eyes on us this week, so let's put on... Yeah. At, at first, I thought, why are you loading this show when you've got no competition? But then it might be because they thought they've got m- more eyes than ever this week, so let's let's show what we're made of that and get people back. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, whether they pick up viewers this week because they've been down the last few. Yeah, but great show. Um, again, this main event was insane. I'm happy I get to... I get to see the elite. Kenny and the Bucks to me equals money. I feel like the, the, you, you put this. Uh, fuck these six guys. Just crazy. Like they they could have got gotten half hour. Really, this felt like yeah. it was five minutes, and it was actually like fifteen or something. The, the like whole that. show breezed by this week. Yeah, it went by so quickly. This might be one of my favorite episodes of AEW. I, I think it was for me. We, we might as well. Uh, we should mention the angle at the end. Yeah, the after the match, it's Kenny and the Bucks celebrating. And Cody comes down because they are all the elite. They are AEW. But we have Hangman who's sitting by with his jack in his glass. And he doesn't want to join them in the ring. He says, no, I didn't do anything. I don't need to celebrate. Uh. Yeah, they're waving him down. And he, he's not being a dick about it. Well, he's not, like, nasty. But he's yeah. like, nah, I'm good. It, I didn't do anything. Gives him the thumbs up and leaves. Yeah, drinks his jack. I, I'm quite enjoying this story with him. Yeah. What they're doing with him. It's... It's one of my favorite things going on in AEW at the moment. Yeah. I thought pretty much every match delivered this week. I liked the addition of more backstage interviews. Um, Sound issues aside, I thought the MJF promo was awesome. Um, I I would say, yeah, I I think we were given a good week to review. That's right. Yeah. Thanks, John. Yeah. Got to watch some good wrestling tonight. Uh, Let's see if other people watched this show because we posted up on the post wrestling forum.postwrestling.com where we post up NXT usually, but we posted up for AEW and wow, we got a lot of uh, responses here. I'm just opening. Um, I'm going to read the the first one here. Joe from H-Town says, great show could be their best so far. So he agrees with me. Cody and Darby were awesome, though they should have given the belt to Sheeta since she lifted Nyla twice. Fun match. Mox and Trent was solid New Japan style. Moxley is a goddamn superstar. Pockets on Pockets versus Orange Cassidy. Nice mix in interviews setting up future matches. Dustin is 50 effing years old. Main event was amazing. And I main event will kill. I haven't seen it yet. But get that post wrestling credit card out and buy yourself some pro wrestling tees 20% off. <laughs> Who, what do you work for them? Who are you, scrump <laughs> undercover? Uh, Brandon from Oshawa. 
This was easily the best and most complete episode of Dynamite. It had everything that I want in a wrestling show. Great matches, great crowd, great promo. I love this building for events. Oh, that, that was something I wanted to mention. I do like with AEW that they will change the look according to the where menu. they are. It's something WCW used to do. This was outside. I think so, yeah. Kind of. It had, it had coverage and stuff, but yeah. it was technically outside. Um, they've used this venue, I think it was for... Uh, was it Fight for the Fallen or Fight Fest? Daily Place or um, Dairy Place. And I, I know they've got that Bash in the, in the Beach coming yeah. up soon. So I like that that they're not stuck to having the same look every week. I, I agree with Brandon there. Um, I'm glad they finally started going backstage for promos. They just need to work on that audio issue. Yep. Start of the show was Sammy Guevara... Star of the show was Sammy Guevara, who made great use of the picture in picture, and I'm so happy he won that match and should go over Daniels next week too. He's the new legend killer, mm. Sammy Guevara, killing all the old guys. Uh, John from Montana, who says he's a proud BDE Patreon member. Hey, thank oh, you so thank much. thank you, John. Appreciate that. Happy New Year. Uh, this felt like the most complete episode to date. Super hot opener with Cody and Darby. The women's match was great, especially love Sheeta body slamming Rose. I think her and Statlander are the breakout stars in the division in 2020. Love Sammy G using the cue cards during the picture. Sorry, Canada, if you didn't see. Uh, the backstage segments were good for the most part, but they still haven't figured out as the audio issues on the promos. Taz on commentary was great. Taz and JR feed off each other well. Would love to see them with Excalibur, Shivani, and Taz instead of JR. He says best show since October. Eight and a half Taz suplexes out of ten. We go to B Detroit. What up, though, my NXT friends? Friends. Friends. First off, Happy New Year to you all. Okay, now I earn my heat. I am not a fan of Cody at all. Like, why does he need so many legendary co-signers? Arn at ringside was just weird, and him telling Cody to put the knees up was kind of heelish. Isn't he a babyface? But okay show, to say the least. The ladies still need work. That finish was a little out of nowhere, and Britt Baker is the shits. How many times have we seen the Bucks and the Lucha Bros? And if the Rhodes beat the Lucha Bros next week, I'm done for at least a week. 7 out of 10, Taz was awesome. Paul from New Jersey, a lot of good wrestling tonight. Really enjoyed the women's match, and I hope AEW does a better job with this division and with Riho as well. Moxley saving his announcement next week went over like a fart in church, but I thought Taz brought a lot to the show. P.S. Bray D., you said on an episode of Up Yours, available on the BDE Patreon, that Rick Martell was not only a bad worker, but that he wasn't good looking. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Rick Martell is my cartel. <laughs> wow. So I'm getting heat because uh, we did a Up Yours where uh, listener Brent chose us to watch WWF 1991 Greatest Hits. And Rick Martell was in the match. And I said that this guy was supposed to be a model. <laughs> and uh, apparently I'm catching heat for that. And now I bet I might catch more heat for it. But out of all the guys to get the model You've gimmick, already lost respect for the not watching Shawshank. Well, that's what I'm doing at the end of this show, okay? <laughs> I'm going to watch it. Jeez. We go to Andrew from Cape Breton. AEW definitely made a very good comeback tonight after a controversial final show of 2019. One big critique I heard was the Puddy Patrol members of the Dark Order beat all the top guys. So it definitely seemed like tonight was a restart for the top baby faces in the company. People may argue they should give a guy like Darby Allen the win, but at the moment it was more important for Cody and everyone else in the Elite to get over and win their matches. Show was pretty much perfect from top to bottom. 
I don't get Rio. I don't want to feel like this old man who is concerned about the size of the wrestlers, but Rio is insanely small. I'm a fan of Marco Stump being in the company because he's this underdog who you can get heat on. It feels like Rio is like Marco Stunt, but the supposed top woman in the company. I did think it was the best women's match AEW has had yet, but sometimes it looks like the double stomp from Riho feels like a minor inconvenience rather than devastating. <laughs> I can see that. Um, this is also in contrast to someone like Hikaru Shida, who isn't the biggest woman in the match, but she was throwing people around like it was nothing. She looked great. Anyway, great show. Nine out of ten. AEW is off to a great start in 2020. We go to RTH75. This is how AEW should be. Hot matches, hotter crowd. It's a goddamn shame that the main roster WWE overshadows all the quality coming out of AEW and NXT. Uh, I'll read the next one as well. Wrestling Graham. Up next, welcome to the dark side. What an episode. What an episode for you guys to review. I say perfect. Every match was at least very good. Taz was awesome. Top guys went over. Fingers crossed this course correction is permanent and AEW will be what we all wanted. We go to Ryan from PA. I watched the Cody versus Allen match with my wife, who is not a wrestling fan. While this match didn't turn her into a fan, she was eagerly watching and asking so many questions about both of the wrestling while watching. Have, having known my wife since first grade, about 30 years, and she's never even shown this much interest. I think this bodes well for AEW. Dark Order video having the paid by the Dark Order took me back to early NWO. <laughs> Any chance Ted DiBiase is in the Dark Order? Not anymore. Uh, loved having Taz on commentary. I also loved the setup with the smaller stage setup and ramp to the ring. I have always found that the elevated ramp adds the possibilities of what you can do on the outside. Do you guys think they should keep this kind of setup to further break away from the look of the WWE product? Uh, I like it just changing yeah. according to the venue, not trying to look like you you watch WWE Raw or whatever you have no idea looking at it where it is apart from Madison Square Garden but even then they don't do the short ramp yeah. anymore so I, I'd like them to just change it every week uh, he gives it an 8 Taz complaining that Orange Cassidy stole his gimmick out of 10 no gimmick, gimmick color. color I'm with you because Orange Cassidy has a new shirt that's actually orange which mm. is Taz's colors but he wasn't wearing it so how can you complain about it if he wasn't even wearing it uh, Alexander from Portland, all right episode. I found the women's match underwhelming. I was hoping for a standout match, one that could elevate the division. Here's hoping we get that when Statlander wins the strap. Riho is a bad, but AEW seems unwilling to give her a platform to develop a character. It'll be interesting to see what their take on a steel cage is. Question, do you think Orange Cassidy could work in NXT? Uh, I mean, I'm sure it could work anywhere because the guy is managing to make this silly thing into like a really kind of over gimmick character so uh, i like i like him with guys like i think him with best friends works really well yeah uh i put him with i know they're not nxt anymore but i put him with the street profits i think seeing how like hype they are about everything having chill. someone just chill yeah would be quite cool sativa versus indica absolutely <laughs> uh jay from colorado just want to say that sammy guevara's silent promo during the commercial break was one of the best damn things I've seen in wrestling this year. Yeah, it's pretty great. Let's she see if we're still saying that 365 days from now. Yeah, true. Uh, Alex Patel, why did Cody's entrance look so crappy and low budget? Although, also, are they in a high school gym? It looked small. And please, no OG in NXT. We need no comedy on that show. And that gimmick is not giving a shit. Oh, he, uh, Orange Cassidy. Cassidy means. Uh, we go to Brother Nate. What's going on, brothers? 
I hope you gentlemen had a good New Year's Eve. And speaking of New Year's, to paraphrase an old song, all is quiet on New Year's Day when the world of dynamite gets underway. What a difference a year makes, boys. Tonight's show was a welcome palate cleaner after drinking the skunk beer of a show that Raw served up to close out 2019. <laughs> Aside from some production flubs, I thought it was a really solid episode, feet strong in ring work, and some much needed story advancement. My low key favourite moment of the show was seeing the much maligned Britt Baker sow the seeds for a heel turn by calling out Riho for missing shows while she finds time to wrestle and run a dental practice. I think heel Britt Baker DDS could end up being my favourite part of the AEW women's division. Dr. Isaac Yanker, if you will. That was for you, Joe Poe. Nice. All in all, it was a fun show to start 2020 with. Eight, I will be with you agains out of ten. So Britt Baker turns heel and her gimmick is she starts pulling people's teeth out. Yeah. I'm for it. Uh, let's go to one more here because there's so much. Wow. Thank you, everybody. But Nas from NYC. No, not the rapper. He says, what up, BDE? Happy New Year's. I see you've left us and moved up to the main roster. Hope you bring some of that main roster rub when you are back on the other side. Hey, NXT is not developmental. NXT okay? is the main roster. NXT guys. is oh. the main roster. Come on. We don't hang out in high school gyms. We're real... Sports entertainment. <laughs> he says, anyways, you might have realized by now, I'm an NXT guy and I watch that every week and I DVR Dynamite and will always listen to John Away review it and then maybe go back and watch if they say it's any good. Usually the Jericho segments are awesome, but I've been doing it less and less as my interest genuinely waned away in the last few months. NXT was taped and you two fine gentlemen are reviewing Dynamite. I decided to watch it for the first time. I love the show, especially the set. The commentary was good. The pacing of the show, the production, everything excellent. I'll still watch NXT live, but I'll definitely put more in effort to watch Dynamite going forward. My only complaint was to have Cody Rhodes having a coach. Didn't Cody co-brand themselves as the elite? Isn't Cody supposed to be the, one of the best wrestlers? Does he really need a coach on the ring apron to tell him something as basic as getting his knees up to counter a high-flying maneuver off the top rope? I don't imagine Cole or Gargano ever needing a coach on their side. Just seems odd. Only complaint. You guys are awesome. No, you're awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, you, I think it's to give it more of a, a legit sports feel. Obviously, you see in... In boxing, in MMA, everyone has a coach who they come to the ring with. Yeah. Um, you see in tennis, they have their coach in the stands who are watching on. Like, coaches in sports are a big thing in, in like, singles competitive sports. And I feel it's to give it more of that feel. But it's just weird having it with Cody, who doesn't need it, really. Um, I think it's to set up something down the line, as I mentioned earlier. But, hey, what a show we got to do this Yeah, week. That seemed, like, universally praised yeah. uh, from the forum. Uh, I failed to... I know John and Wayne normally do a, a little poll. Uh, I will try to remember to do that next week. But it was seemed eights and nines out of tens from everyone. So, yeah. so great week of wrestling. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we will be back one more week after this to, to do the AEW review for John Away while they are away in Japan for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, we're going to be doing our best and worst of NXT tomorrow, Thursday, depending on when you're listening to this. So that'll be out again on our Up Next feed, always free. Every Wednesday we do our NXT show. So next week is kind of kicking it into gear. So we'll be back regular kind of programming. Yeah. Um, so look for that every Wednesday. We do NXT. Uh, you can follow us on our Up Next Twitter account at Up Next Podcast. 
and subscribe to our Patreon. Support us if you like us. If this is your first time listening to us and maybe you aren't fed up with us, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash upnext. You sign up for $5, our North American tier, and you get all our shows. Um, we You get a whole backlog of everything we've ever put out. This this really is uh, the, the best time to sign up. We've got five weeks in January this year, yeah. which means if, for just $5, you'll get an extra week's worth of shows right. this month. Um, we've also just done our, our two-parter best of 2019, where we run down the top 10 matches of the year. I think personally think it's the best show we've done yeah um so much fun so you get that from december there's i think 50 shows now on our patreon that you'll get so just for five bucks uh you can get all of that so yeah if you liked us on this review definitely check out our up next feed the free one because we review AEW every thursday yeah so if you're wondering if we don't watch the show we actually do every every thursday we do a review on there we kind of compare nxt and AEW week to week um and then we also go back in time we're watching nxt from 2012 we're literally in the midst of the finals of the gold rush the first champion yeah is going to be crowned. Will it be gender? Will it be Seth? Who oh, knows? Who knows? Back who in knows? 2012. Uh, so we've been going through NXT, and then we've been doing this best match ever show. Uh, because it's the Royal Rumble in January, we're going through to find not the best Rumble match, because, you know, the matches themselves are long and not that great. But we're going to ask you, what's the best match that happened at a Royal Rumble show that wasn't a rumble. This is an interesting one because we did best TLC and we watched like all the TLC matches. This one's like go back and watch matches that happened at a Royal Rumble that weren't Royal Rumble matches. Royal Rumbles had some really good like singles yeah. matches. You had that awesome triple threat a few years ago with Seth. Brock, Seth and Cena. Yeah. Um it's it's one of the biggest shows of the year. So they often have a pretty hot uh title match or or feud because it's building right up to wrestlemania so that that is a show we're going to be putting out this this month on our patreon as well um and then we do for our world champion tiers 25 bucks a month gets you uh, all the shows uh we sent out christmas gifts to our world champion tiers and we also do a special uh, behind the bd where this year we talked about uh, christmas gifts what we gave each other and other things. Um, and then we also let you pick stuff for us to review called Up Yours. And this month we are reviewing two different shows because two of our patrons, one patron is making me watch something I'll never watch in my entire life, but now I have to. Uh, and I know nothing about Doctor Who. Doctor Who the movie. And then another patron has chosen uh, an old Ring of Honor like pay-per-view. Ring of Honor Man Up from 2007. So we're watching all sorts of different stuff. We have our Wrestle Kingdom review coming out this weekend at some point as well. Look out for John and Wei, their stuff, because they're going to be doing all sorts of different shows on their journey in Japan. Um, and you can follow us and support us. Uh, thank you to new listeners and old, and to all our patron supporters we love. And uh, Happy New Year, all the blessings. And if you absolutely hated this show, don't worry. It will all be back to normal yes. in two weeks. We'll only be bothering you for one more week. Yeah. Um, but we hope you enjoyed it. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Davey Portman. And I am at the Bray D. And uh, the best and worst shows have already been... Re- the, the best has been released on the Patreon. It's going to be out for free on all the feeds. But the worst of shows is going to be available early on our Patreon as well. So there's a little addition there as well. So uh, we're going to get out of here. We will chat with you this week with all the shows we're putting out. Thank you 
for listening. Thank you so, for supporting. Um, shout out John and Way, the Podcast Kings, enjoying their trip over there. We will talk to you soon. Take care. Goodbye. And Epstein didn't kill himself. Ahoy! Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-on bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIO, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIO. Whether it's Kroger Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.